You're listening to Strong Runner Chick Radio, episode 55. Welcome to Strong Runner Chick Radio, a leading online community where our goal is to educate, empower, and connect female distance runners across the world. We believe in healthy running, fueling, and embracing our strength as female distance runners inside and out. Through interviews with top professional, collegiate, and master's level runners, leading dietitians, coaches, sports psychologists, and runners of all shapes and sizes, we hope to spread the message that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to distance running. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, Strong Runner Chicks. Welcome to another episode of SRC Radio. Today, we are joined by Mary Johnson. Mary Johnson is a USATF certified running coach, strength coach, and founder of Run, Lift, Perform. She also writes a blog, It's a Marathon, which she started in 2010 as a way to tell her friends and family about the trials and tribulations of training for her first marathon. She lives in Connecticut with her husband, Gabe, and Kat Wilson. Welcome, Mary. Hi. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Um, Mary, I have to let you know that I've actually... I followed your blog, It's a Marathon, for a while because I found you were a Wazelle runner, and I, too, ran for Wazelle for quite a period of time. So that's actually how I came to know you. And when Megan said that she wanted a coach on the um, podcast, I was like, oh, I have the perfect woman in mind. So that's how you came to me. Yeah, I think I – so I started running um, – back in 2010, 2011, and I was living in New York City, and one of my friends was involved with them. And I remember being like, what is the bird company that you're involved with? <laughs> and um, I, you know, for a couple of years, and she did things, and it was way back when you had to, like, apply. And um, kind of, honestly, I think at the beginning stages was about, like, a more of a social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've certainly evolved into something that's you know, well-known across the country and something that encourages all women to, to look into and join and make friends. Um, Mm. but way back then it was like, I thought it was like this community. And, um, so yeah, I started, I got involved and, um, it was, I met, I've met some really, really amazing people through, through Wazel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would second that. I think, you know, being part of a community where all women are welcome is so powerful. We just actually had um, Andy Cazzarelli on the podcast um, two days ago. We recorded with her. So her episode will be out in a few weeks. Um, and she's uh, just went to the Big Bird Camp uh, this past week. So she uh, told us a little bit about what went on there. And it just sounded like an amazing opportunity. I had hoped to go, but with work, I wouldn't have been able to. Are you still involved with Wazelle? Um, I try my best to be. Um, I really love the – I just love the woman-run organization. Um, but I, I, I like yeah. to – I love their clothing, too. I mean, it's just always so comfortable. I think um, – what was that? Sorry, I said agree. Yeah. Can you hear me? <laughs> yep, I can hear you now. Um, yeah, okay. no, it's definitely great. And so you mentioned that you you were running in New York City in 2010. Is that when you started got your start in running? 
It is. Yeah. So, um, I started, well, that's when I started running like long distance and truly started running in high school. Um, as a way to get out of gym class as a senior. So if you <laughs> did a sport um, you, as a senior, you could elect to out of gym class. So I was like, oh, this seems like a really great idea. Um, and I also, the secondary motivation was that I really wanted to make the lacrosse team and I'd been uh-huh. cut the year prior. And I thought, you know, I'm just, I'm going to get into really good shape and get really fit and um, they'll have no choice but to take me. <laughs> and so I joined indoor track and ended up not even trying out for the lacrosse team in the spring because I just loved track and I loved running. And you know, for a couple of years, I ended up rowing, running, of course. Uh, and then it wasn't until after college where I was definitely in a funk and running is complicated. You need people, you need mm. teammates, you need water, you need a boat. Um, you know, I'm just going to run. I'm going to sign up for a marathon and I'm going to do it. And I did. And then, um, it just kind of, I won't say it was like love at first marathon, but, um, after a couple of them, I, um, realized that the harder you, like there was a direct output with the, like the, the work you put in. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just kind of put my head down and I was like, I bet if I just kept training and, um, you know, focusing on one sport at a time, I could, you know, get pretty good. So that's mm-hmm. kind of, I just started focusing on it. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your transition like into long distance running? I know for some people who've done shorter distance, you know, the allure of like marathoning or half marathoning is just super exciting. Did you have that allure or was it just like another challenge for you? Yeah, I've always been the distance. I've had a love for distance. You know, I would love to dabble into the ultra world at some point in the future. Um, I, it's really appealing to me to just, it's like more of a challenge of just stamina and the mental strength. Um, mm-hmm. So no, I, and, and it's funny because I have a friend who is very linear and she was like, well, of course I have to sign up for a half first and then a marathon. And then, and I'm like, no, no, like I just signed up for the marathon. Like I didn't mm-hmm. know yeah. anything. Um, like I, I just kind of went, went, went for it. And um, yeah, no, I, I think that, I, I am intrigued by, by endurance and, and things that require that, that mental component as well. Mm, yeah, I agree with that. I feel like, um, it depends on people's personalities. Um, I think they're like, I've had some friends who like will only do five K's and 10 K's and like start off that way. And then I have other friends who just jump right into ultras, which I think is really brave because you don't really ever know exactly what you're getting into if that's the way you're starting. Um, so it's super exciting. So, um, I can imagine that, you know, you jumping into these races and like starting off strong in a marathon or the longer distances is pretty exciting. It was, yeah. And it was, um, the, my blog ended up starting with, in tandem with, you know, the first race I ran and I, at the time was raising money for my childhood summer camp. Um, and mm-hmm. we used to have, or I think they still do have something called camperships where they, it's basically a fund for kids in the, I'm from outside of Syracuse. So it's a fund for kids in the Syracuse region to have a chance to go to camp. So I ran and um, asked my friends and family for money. And to me, I was like, I just want to be able to explain to my friends and family what I'm doing. So I started right. talking about it 
And blogging certainly was not what it is now. And the social sphere is very, very different. Um, but that's kind of how I started like my entry to the social media world. And then, um, you know, it's certainly evolved <laughs> vastly since then, but, yeah. um, it's, it, it's certainly having people and, and friends supporting my journey was, was like impactful for, for my experience. Oh yeah. I can definitely imagine. Now, first, if you don't mind me asking what camp, what was the name of the camp? I want to put it in the show notes so people can donate if they want to. Sure. The, my camp from home is called Lord's Camp, L-O-U-R-D-E-S. Um, I'm from a town um, called Skinny Atlas. It's one of the Finger Lakes. Um, so I have a lot of central New York pride. Um, <laughs> and it's, I, have you, if you've ever been up there, it's like, it's gorgeous. Um, and I really like, I, I definitely feel like I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually my husband and I got, ended up getting married there. Um, so it's like, it's, it's where I like identify a lot of my, my upbringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, um, I've heard really beautiful things about that area and I've got a few friends who I think live in that area if I'm correct, but it sounds really just like a pleasant place to be, if that makes sense. Um, so you yeah. spoke just a minute or two ago about blogging in the social sphere and you've got quite a following on Instagram. So would you mind sharing what, you know, that platform has been like, maybe how it's changed and what you hope to do you know, to either inspire others or just kind of inspire yourself through the social media? That's such a funny question because lately I've been feeling a little like, you know, I, like I, I don't want to say lost, um, but it's changed so much that mm. part of me is just kind of like, what does this space even mean anymore? Yeah. Um, and on those days that I feel that way, I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I started doing this thing for me and I started to just talk about my running and this is how I connected with some people who are now really great friends. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always just like, you know, it's through inspiring and through X, Y, and Z, like I'm just going to post what I used to post and like, mm-hmm. it seemed to work. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think that, I, I think that social media is wonderful. Um, if you're able to disconnect yourself from realize that what social media has to offer is a very small of somebody's life and that Mm -hmm. small snippet is usually a highlight and um you know not to belittle anyone's highlights by any means but it's very very easy to fall into that comparison trap of seeing other people and um being like well why don't I have such a wonderful life and you know when I first got on social media that wasn't so much the case it was like I saw pictures of my friends like kids and puppies and like (laughs) now it's become this place where you go running and then immediately you post something right um you know and and for those people that's important and and hell like it it helps people stay accountable Mm -hmm. of course um you know, I think as long as and like people listening, if you're able to disconnect from that sense that like this is a very small highlight of somebody's life, um, and it's important to not get caught up in that, um, then social media is an awesome thing. In which case, like on those days, I'm like, social media is great, and I, you know, it's certainly helped propel myself and my business. Um, but it can be a dangerous, a slippery slope if if you let it be. So mm-hmm. um, I think moving forward, I'm, I'm, like. I feel better when I have things to post about. I think like I've seen some people on social media and, you know, talk about the comparison trap. I'll look at people and be like, 
oh my gosh, they're planning their content for months in advance. What am I doing? Um, And on on those days, I'm just like, okay, like maybe plan a post or two and then just roll with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I think in the future, like I I actually just asked um, through a, a lie, an Instagram question, like, what are people interested in? And that gave Mm -hmm. me a ton of really cool ideas um, because I also recognize that my, my place in the space is kind of as this, like, you know, this coach person. Um, So yes, people are interested in my journey, but also um, I should post about the stuff that I do on a daily basis, which is coaching Mm -hmm. runners, coaching people strengths. um, And also just like basic running tips that Mm -hmm. I take for granted because I've been in the sport for so long. Yeah, you actually answered, um, I was going to ask a follow-up question about what people ask for on your social media, because I think it's so important, you know, when you have a social media presence to really just kind of not only give yourself what you need through that social media, but also give others who are kind of looking up to you for inspiration. And I'm have no, I have zero social media following, but that's what I would imagine it feels like. And correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's really funny because sometimes I'm like, I do this for me. Right. Don't let this, like, don't let this, anyone like bother you, Mary. Um, but at the same time, um, I also like want to share the knowledge that I've learned through working, like my career as a, as a coach. Um, so that is something that like, I'm looking to use this space and hopefully moving forward to use it a little bit more professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, the answer to your question is the question's revolves anywhere from you know nutrition on the long run a lot Mm -hmm. of questions about strength training um, a lot of questions about injury prevention um, you know the mental side of running and those are again like those are things that I take for granted because I just that's that's what that's my life like that's what I live in with my athletes and and myself and then I'm like oh I can actually put this into words and maybe help another couple people do you know what I mean so Uh, oh absolutely um, it, it yeah yeah, no, you're right there. And I think I think you're hitting a lot of – one point that I love that you made was saying that, you know, you, you kind of take it for granted. And I appreciate you being so honest about that because those of us who run often, you know, we don't think about that stuff. It's just kind of everyday motions. You go lace up your shoes. You know how much you're going to run. You do your, prevent, your prehab exercises. You know what fuels your body right. But for those who are either just starting or maybe are in limbo or question or not really sure what's going on with their running, it's helpful to have those extra little hints or, you know, helpful tools that might um, make it a little bit easier for them. So I think a lot of people are going to appreciate you taking the time to do that, Mary. Thank you. I hope so. And I'm looking forward to maybe planning some content and not half-assing it. Um, so I want to jump into what I, when I was reading, um, a little bit more about you, what I thought was so cool was originally you were in the fashion industry and then in 2015, you switched to work in the field of kind of strength training and wellness. So what was your reasoning behind making the switch? Cause it seems like a little bit of a drastic switch to me. Well, I was laid off. So, <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. That makes easy. sense then. Yeah. And I, um, but, I, but I, honestly joke that being laid off was the best worst day of my life Mm. and um like the truth is that I was already looking into making a switch into making a a massive career change um I had been working in fashion for six years not including the internships Mm -hmm. in college um and to be honest it was just I liked it but it was a job and um I didn't you know it sounds a little like 
hippy dippy, but like I wasn't excited every day. And I, I don't like, I, I think I'm the type of person that I need to really like love what I do. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I knew that it was not right for me. When, by the end of that six year period, um, I had already started looking into other things. I was looking into physical therapy school. Mm-hmm. Um, I was researching stuff about the strength and conditioning field, personal training field. Um, and so when the day actually came, when I got laid off, it was of course, sad and devastating because right. nobody likes to feel like they're not wanted. Right. Oh, um, of course. But then I kind of woke up and after about 10 days, 10 to 14 days, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is my, like, after I finished morning, I was like, this is my chance to just change everything. And, um, I was laid off in, um, in, in March and like it was in March. Um, and so I was like, all right, by the fall, I'm going to have I'm going to start making money through a new position or at least sign up for school or figure something else out. Um, so I gave myself a, a goal. I gave myself a timeline and um, I just started asking questions. And again, I had already started the process. Um, I ruled out physical therapy school mostly because of the time that I would need to mm. be in school. Uh-huh. Um, I realized that I would have to have a lot of prereqs. So not only would I have to go back to PT school, but I would also have to take the prereqs um, mm-hmm. because I majored in business in college. Right. Um, so that rolled out that. But then I also started interning at the place where I work now, which is called Ramplone Training Systems. Um, and my world was just blown. <laughs> Um, and I was just exposed to so much that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And um honestly just started from the ground up um I had a really great mentor um his name was Todd and he I grabbed coffee with him and the coffee turned into hey Mary do you want to intern at Rampone Training Systems and Mm -hmm. I my first reaction was like oh my god I can't do that and there's no women there like I'm I won't be the only girl coach Uh and he was like well that doesn't matter and I was like are you sure? <laughs> um, it, because not only would I only be, be the first woman, but I also like, you know, I, I lifted in college. I lifted here and there, but like, I knew nothing. Let's be honest. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you'll learn it. And he said something that has stuck with me to this day. And he said, the most important thing about being scared or having fear and being in situations that make you uncomfortable is that the more you do it, the less uncomfortable you're going to be and the less scared you're going to be Mm -hmm. so that you turn those fears into something that isn't so scary anymore. So just Mm -hmm. do it, immerse yourself and it won't be scary. And I did. Um, And of course that internship turned into a job and I was working the floor. Um, Of course they needed somebody to work at five in the morning. So that was me. (laughs) Uh Um, And eventually that turned into a part-time job, turned into a full-time job and turned into what it is now. Um, and fast forward three years, it's, I'm still there. I'm still learning. Um, my position has certainly changed quite a bit. We have more than one female coach. We now have an adult membership of over 200 people. Um, and it's just been an evolution of not just the gym, but also myself professionally. And, um, it's been really really cool and really rewarding. Oh, that's such a great story. It really is. And 
I think what I love most about that is you're tackling a field, you were heading into a field where, as you mentioned, there aren't very many women and it start actually, I should say it's starting to become quite more, more popular in, in, um, for women to join this, uh, this field of work. Um, so yes, it was courageous and applause to you, Mary, because jumping out of one thing and like, granted it wasn't by choice, but jumping out of one thing and saying to yourself, you know, it was the best worst day of your life and but that you you know you got a chance to change things how many times in life do we get the chance to change like our life lives it's pretty cool you know um so i'm i'm glad that you know it all worked out for you and it sounds like you're really happy thank you yeah i mean i really like mm-hmm. i i have, i have friends that don't like their job and i talk to people potential athletes that don't like their job and i really like if there's one thing to take home is just like life is too short. You have to do like, you have to make, you have to be happy. And there's never like, I, and I I do have to say, like, I was in a very lucky position. So Mm -hmm. I was married. My husband had a very, or has a very stable job. Um, We have insurance through him. So like I was put in a position to succeed and I'm very cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, and like, and I don't take that for granted at all. Um, mm-hmm. because I think some people of course aren't like, they don't have a house or they don't have, um, a spouse or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. so from a financial standpoint, it's a little riskier, mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day, like if it all fell apart, I would just go to Starbucks and try to be a barista and like, <laughs> I would hopefully figure something out. And I, yeah. that's really the, the thing that I tell people that are miserable with what they do is like you don't have to be miserable. You don't have to like, don't get me wrong. I don't wake up every day, like pooping out unicorns being like, Oh my God, I can't wait to program running. Like I don't do that. Of course I don't do that. But, um, but I really like what I do and I, it's so much better than what I used to do. Um, and I know it was the right move to make. And, um, I'm happy that I was able to do that. And I definitely don't take it for granted. So, um, yeah, I just like change. If you're not happy, like you have the power to change it. That's and it's true. It's it's really like your power to change your own life. You just need some positivity and just put your head down to work hard. And I also think you need a support system, like one person Absolutely. in your corner who's you know cheering you on or holding your hand sometimes or rubbing your back when you need it. Um, that I think is also really powerful, but, um, it's it's, like I said before, it really sounds Mary, like you're in a spot where, you know, you're, you're, you're good and that's a good place to be. Thank you. Yeah. I'm very happy. So as a run, as a coach, um, and specifically right now talking towards runners, um, what do you believe are some of the most important aspects of a coach, um, working as a coach for runners? Um, so I think what I do is very, um, interesting because it Mm -hmm. is in the, the virtual field. Um, I'm pretty sure my small business accountant thinks I like sell drugs on the side, but (laughs) like, (laughs) like she doesn't, it's funny because if I try to like, even my mom, she's like, what do you do? Uh Um, so like this side of the business, the, the running coaching, the virtual running coaching thing, um, the number one most important thing is just being able to communicate um, and being able to follow up. I think the amount of people and the amount of coaches that I've heard don't like that aren't able to follow up and get back to people um, is massive. So that's, that's important. Um, I also think that 
it is like, you know, coaching has two major sides. There's the, well, actually I would maybe say three sides. There's the, the coaching side where you're actually getting to know someone mm-hmm. and you, you are understanding how their brain works and what they're good at, what they're not so good at. There's the programming side, which is, you know, the analytical, the science, the, the stuff that you want to, you know, really grasp from a programming perspective. Mm-hmm. And then there's the business side. So mm-hmm. that is the marketing yourself, getting back to people, putting yourself out there, um, letting people know not only of your, of your client's results, but your results. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. like being a coach isn't just about one thing. And people have said, you know, how do I get into online coaching? And like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to get into online coaching. I just wanted to coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate that this has happened. Like it's evolved the way it has. Um, so I think being able to not necessarily master all three of those things, but at least have a good competency of each of them. And mm-hmm. um, being able to balance is, you know, that's something I I talk so much about and I struggle with um, because I really like, I actually just had a conversation with my husband about, about balance and about mm-hmm. like work. And I love, I actually love working. Like I mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. And but being able to balance that and also your family and your life and your, you know, your own training. Um, I think that's important too. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I would say like, I don't know if there is one most important thing about coaching. Um, but it's, it's about being able to grasp a couple of different concepts. Yeah, no, that's great advice. I know we have a lot of, um, listeners who, would like to go into the field of coaching, whether that's online or even um, just as a college collegiate coach or high school coach. And all of these, you know, things are definitely, you know, applicable to that. I mean, coaching and understanding your, your athlete and then programming how to plan a season out um, if you're a collegiate or high school coach or, and then business, you know, recruiting. Um, So I can really see how these three, I love that you were able to split it up first of all into three different aspects. I think that makes it a lot easier to break down mentally um, and also kind of look at logistically if, you know, you think you're going to struggle in one area, you know, maybe focus some of your attention on that. But um, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because I think sometimes it's hard to know as athletes what the coach goes through. So it's important to hear from a coach what you go through and what really happens behind the scenes. And also I think if you're like, if you don't, so two things, one is I, I don't even deal with the team level and that's Uh a whole nother monster that like, I think about that a lot. I'm like someday maybe I'll consider dabbling in, you know, at the high school level and Mm -hmm. maybe who knows, maybe college someday, but you know, like, that's not, that's just a whole nother monster that I've never even experienced. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is that when you know that you might not be so good at one of those three things, then you can ask for help because nobody's going to be good at everything. Mm -hmm. No one's ever, nobody's going to be the best at everything. So being open to to criticism and being open to um, partnering with other people Mm -hmm. um, is, I think, also important. And that's like, you know, I've done, I would be nowhere one of my best friends, um, and she's also truly like a business partner in, in this online world. Um, my friend Rochelle has been, you know, my confidant, my right hand through all of this. And mm-hmm. both of us, like the power of two has been really great. And like mm-hmm. having somebody who like for her, my, like my worst thing, and I've said it before is 
is the the balance and like mm-hmm. she is you know I think we balance each other out with with our habits and um I definitely think that when you struggle with one area, you, if you can find somebody or a couple of different people that can help you out, that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think advice that, and you know, can be used not only in coaching, but in life as well. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, so I guess when a, a runner or an athlete is looking to hire a coach, what advice do you have for them, you know, in, in choosing a coach? Um, I think personality is going to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, honestly, results. Um, my 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 mentor and my boss at Ramphone Training Systems. Um, I always I always go back to the quote that Mike has said to me since day one. He's like, you know, we're in the business of results. So without yeah. results, we're nothing. And we could be the most friendly, high fiving coach in the world, mm-hmm. but if we're not getting results, what the hell are we doing? Mm-hmm. So like. Yes, personality is important, but I also like you, get, you need a good track record. You need right. to have the results and you need to be able to speak to what you're doing. And, um, you know, if I was looking for a coach, I would look to see some of the, their athletes' results. Um, and of course, that's, that's of course difficult for the younger coaches. Sure. Um, but there's certainly always going to be some people who are ready to. To, to trust you and um you know once you've proven yourself with what with a few with a few athletes um mm-hmm. there you go that's yeah. like that's all the marketing you need is the right. result right so I would I would encourage someone to obviously personality is important but also look at results and then um and does the training philosophy make sense right mm-hmm. like I'm very into having a life and health first um mm-hmm. and then running it second so yes, running is important. And yes, we care a lot about it, but it is not our be all and all. We run because it's fun. And if we can't, if we need to juggle things because of our baby or because of our job or because we didn't sleep, like that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. So finding somebody who can be as flexible as you need them to be is also crucial. Um, because, because if you can't live the other life that you live outside of running, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. And it's true. And, you know, you want to be a runner for your life, but essentially if, you know, goodness forbid something happens or, you know, you can't run, you know, you want to have other areas of your life that make you more than just a runner. And that's a big thing that we emphasize here at Strong Runner Chicks is that is recognizing that yes, you love to run and running gives you joy, but also other things in your life should give you joy as well. And also, you know, who do we, who do we, invite to our marathons who do we invite to our big races like that's our family that's our yeah yeah and like you want them there so if all you did all day was run 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 and you didn't foster your relationships with the important people then then who's going to be there for you you got it like that that's something to consider too absolutely mary um so a specialization and i guess maybe maybe it is your specialization of yours is injury comeback so would you mind telling us a little bit more about this? It's funny because I, um, I, I hate that I'm like, oh, I've, I've been through so many injuries. I can relate to all of them. Um, <laughs> and certainly like, you know, like I'm, every athlete is not myself. And that's mm-hmm. something that I make very clear. I don't, um, like I, 
everybody has their own story and their own situation. However, mm-hmm. it does help to have personal experience. Of course. Um, yeah, and yeah. I think, unfortunately, because I have gone through a couple injuries, I can relate to mm-hmm. at least the emotional level of, of coming back from an injury. So, um, like, and this, this, like, injury specialist, like, that's certainly a self-deemed quality that I've given myself, but Uh I've just found that I've connected very well with people coming off of injuries. And also it it, mostly because it's a, it's a mix of um, slowing down, being conservative, not comparing yourself to where you were and getting rid of all timelines. Mm -hmm. And I think that the the last one is the most difficult for, for everyone. Um, and once somebody's able to just run for the process and run for the journey, um, that's really when that's like that's all we need, right? Like nothing groundbreaking happens when we qualify for Boston. The world isn't shatter when we break three ten. Um, like we are not professional runners, so being able to enjoy this process is the most important thing, even more so than than the end result. So coming off of an injury when somebody's like, Oh, I'm going to go get it and screw that injury. Like it's almost, I'm, I'm pretty good at walking people off the ledge and just being mm. like, that's cool. We'll get there. But like, let's focus on this right, right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great. So, yeah. And, and also, you know, everyone has a different type of um, procedure in terms of like how to get back to running. Mm-hmm. I always defer to the physical therapist or doctor first. Um, so Sometimes people will need to walk around. Some people can start running right away. It's, everyone is very different. Um, and then I, again, just like being able to get rid of any timelines and any kind of notion of like, I need to be and, and getting rid of the word should is, and like, I should be here on this day. Like there's no, you don't need to be anywhere on, on any day. Like you just need to be running and like being healthy and getting mm-hmm. back to where, mm-hmm. um, to, 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 to a good place. Yeah, absolutely. I like absolutely adore what you said about nothing groundbreaking happens when you qualify for Boston. I love that. And I've said this before on our podcast because I think everybody thinks that they are not a runner unless they qualify for Boston or they break sub 330 or whatever it is. Um, And it's so frustrating because I, I always look at those who I've talked to about this and I was like, yeah, so maybe your marathon didn't go great or you didn't qualify for Boston who cares? Because you just put four months in of training of thousands of hundreds of miles, excuse me. And like, that's not something to be proud of. You know, like I, I just, I think Mm -hmm. there's this disconnect between, you know, running for the process, as you mentioned, and then getting these results that like deem you a runner or give you, um, like a result that makes you, you know, more of more than who you think you are in reality, you know, a lot of the work you did was not at the race, you know, the race is just the culmination. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that. And I think that's something I wish more people adopted or a a perspective, more people adopted more often. I mean, it's hard because totally in such a results driven focus, like environment, it's so, so hard, especially because most runners are very data oriented. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually, so it's this, this phenomenon is called something. Mm-hmm. Um, I became aware of it through David Roach, who's um, a well-known trail running coach. Um, and it's called the arrival fallacy. And it's the concept of like, you think that when you get to a certain destination or you hit an, a particular achievement, um, you know, you, and then you'll be happy. Something will mm-hmm. happen and you will be happy. And 
that's not the case. Um, it's really much, much more about the journey and the process. And it's true, you know, when you really start to think about it, um, no matter what happens, you have to appreciate everything else that goes along with it. Otherwise, nothing does happen. And even, you know, this is why, like, I, I tell people redemption marathons are such a bad idea. And like, unfortunately, I know this from my own experience, because I, at one point, tried a redemption marathon, and I failed miserably. And like, guess what, even mm -hmm. if I'd done well, nothing would have happened groundbreaking, like, mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. wouldn't have been happy, I'm always going to want something more. Mm -hmm. um, so I think like when you get a grasp on, on that and know that like, you're also not alone. Like, I think we're, we're all going through it. Mm -hmm. Um, then it's almost more comforting and you can mm -hmm. be like, okay, well, I'm happy where I am today. Mm. Oh, that's great. That's great. I'm so happy you brought that up. I think, oh, I just, I, I feel like we can end the podcast here because that was just like <laughs> something so important. That's hard to real. It's hard to put into perspective and hard to realize and just, but the idea of that arrival fallacy, is that what you said? That's the name of it? Yeah. Okay. It's called it's, the arrival fallacy. The arrival fallacy. I'm writing that in the show notes. Um, is so <laughs> powerful. I just can't even, like, because even as you said it and you started describing it more, I almost started getting goosebumps because I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I've experienced <laughs> that so many times. Like, that's what it's called. So um, thank you yeah. for sharing that with us. That's, that's, I think that probably will be a really big takeaway from this episode for those who listen. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, so Run, Lift, Run, Lift, Perform, excuse me, was created in 2017, kind of as a means also to incorporate runners or to have runners incorporate lifting into their training routines. So I don't know if you can share with us, but what benefits do you see with this combination of running and strength training? I think that, um, a lot of runners have um, very low hanging fruits in both running and lifting. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, being able from a running side to just, you know, improve your economy through things like strides and things like, you know, short bursts. Um, that's a very important part of the process. And the, the concept is that you want to make running faster, easier yep. for longer. Um, and lifting in the similar sense is, runners don't need to do that much to get stronger. And the mm. other thing is that the more of, a, an, of an aerobic base that you have, the more you have to build from a hypertrophy standpoint. So like, that's the cool thing. Like if, if and, and I'm sure I've actually seen like collegiate runners just stop running cold turkey and then start lifting a ton. And like, they see results very, very quickly because um, we ha like, they have that aerobic base. So um it really doesn't take very, very much for any runner to improve their strength of anything. So, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a big fan of, of coupling the running with the lifting, um, and, and in a way that is compatible because I think everybody's, so like, I actually, the, the concept of, of lift, run, perform came from, um, I was actually at a bird camp, um, this oh. was last year and I did a presentation and, um, at one point we were doing, everyone online was doing movements mm -hmm. and I said, okay, everyone stop. And we were doing squats and I go, who thinks they were just squatting incorrectly? And honestly, like half the women raised their hands mm -hmm. and I go, here's the thing. None of these squats were a hundred percent perfect, but they weren't half bad. And mm -hmm. I think it made me realize that first we just need some like support and some like, 
yeah, you're doing this right. Like I, I've got people who will text me all the time being like, Hey, am I doing this right? And I'll be like, yes or no. Um, I literally, there's a, somebody I coach that I have a 30 to 40 minute, like virtual training session with her every Mm, single week because she's gaining that confidence in the gym to do things that she, like, she was terrified of the gym before. And now she like, she'll text me and be like, guess what I just did. And she's like making these pretty, pretty good, like routines. And I'm like, that's awesome. Um, so I think that the, then the next thing that I asked at bird camp was why don't you guys strength train yourselves? And the answer, the resounding answer was a, I don't think I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. And B, I just don't have time. And mm-hmm. so I think, and, and probably C is really resources. Um, but honestly, like anyone can buy two kettlebells from Amazon. It costs under a hundred dollars and that's a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that what I do and what I encourage my athletes to do is to couple the lifting with the running and the lifting is, you know, total body. I don't just do chest. I don't just do back. I just don't, I don't do just legs. It's core. It's certainly focused more towards, you know, core and the posterior chain, which is inevitably every runner's downfall. Um, and, and I tell people if they have more areas that they'd like to work on ankles, hips, knees, whatever, Mm -hmm. I'll make you a Mm -hmm. custom program. Mm -hmm. Um, but in general, we all need to have better butts, better, better core. And we just need to move like athletes. Um, so, and and the programs don't need to take like 65 minutes. Like that's insane. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I create and is this basically like a monthly lift program. So, um, I, it's actually available to everyone. Um, I just do a really bad job marketing it, Mm -hmm. but for the women involved with our group of, of coaches and athletes, um, they are, they're on a, like basically a retainer with our coaches and then if they want to add the lift to their like month their monthly payment or whatever um, they can add the lift and it's only 10 bucks Mm -hmm. and um, it's a workout that it's a two-day a week workout and it's about 30 to 40 minutes and of course it's going to make somebody sore um, especially if you haven't been doing lifting but um, it doesn't have to like the science has suggested that just doing consistent lifting things just being consistent with one or two lifting exercises so say you picked a squat and a push-up and you did those three days a week you're going to get stronger Mm. um it doesn't take that much so um that's kind of like how the philosophy of coupling the lifting with the running came in and I just I'm a big advocate of obviously injury prevention but also just of strength training and the way that we make our bones and tendons resilient resilient is through um time time under load and when mm-hmm. we're running the load is is a lot but it's very quick so mm-hmm. we're you know we're run 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 step 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 but when we're lifting you've got a weight in your hand and you're loading up that bone you're loading up that ten that tendon um so that the potential for strength gains is much much higher mm-hmm. than if you're just going to go out running all the time mm-hmm. the the propensity of gaining strength through just running takes a long long time Mm -hmm. so those are all like little pieces of how and why running or sorry lifting is important um and um you know I also think people don't know how to couple it with their running Mm -hmm. um I don't I see a lot of like hit programs out there and high intensity things and um that again like will that make someone a better runner sure 
because that's a low hanging fruit, like going back to the low hanging fruit, like, of course, that'll make somebody better because we have very few of those faster twitch fibers. Mm. But my concept is more of the hypertrophy standpoint. So it's the trying to gain strength and trying to gain um, resiliency in the bones and tendons. And then, you know, over time, you're a stronger runner. Mm. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And I have to chuckle to myself. I didn't want to reveal this. I was actually in that <laughs> bird camp seminar that you um, did last year. Oh, you year. were? I was, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that, that was like an important day because that was literally the day that I was. I came home and I was like, I have to do something. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad I could be a part of it and raise my hand <laughs> admitting that I couldn't squat properly or I didn't think I squatted properly. <laughs> I know. No, that was like such an important day. And it like, I, I honestly, like I made that website in like a week and I was like, we're doing this. And, oh. um, and truly like the lifting was the priority. Like mm-hmm. it, obviously it's, it's evolved into this running and lifting thing, but originally it was just going to be lifting period. And it was me and a coworker at my gym, um, who made all the videos that I used for the, for the program. Wow. Um, and yeah, and, and it certainly has has evolved into much, like, way bigger than I ever thought um, yeah. it was going to be, but it, it started at that bird camp. Oh, that's great. I love it. <laughs> that's really wonderful. Um, so as we begin to close, um, we have two questions that we like to wrap up with. Um, the first one is, what advice would you give to your younger self? How young? <laughs> Any, you know what? You choose. Maybe pick a time where you wish someone had given you advice or you wish you could, you know, you look back and you're like, I wish I had known that or, you know, I wish I had had someone to, you know, rub my back when I needed it. Um, I think probably just that, like, you're awesome. And like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to say that as like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no, no. awesome, like yeah. in, in, a, in a cocky or pretentious way, but I uh-huh. think, you know, I, I've certainly gone through bouts of extreme insecurity and, mm-hmm. um, and even to this day, I wouldn't even say it's like my younger self. I think every single day, if I could just have, give myself a pep talk of like, you're awesome and you can do this and, you know, do your very best. And like, mm-hmm. sounds silly. And I think about this sometimes when I go out and I'll do a workout and I'll be tired or I don't want to do it. And it's just like, do your very best, do what you can. You're awesome. Go do it. And mm-hmm again, like the power of just believing in yourself and like, and, and truly believing, like, you know, if all I can give is, is a seven out of 10 today, that's, that's fine because th- that seven was actually today's 10 and mm-hmm. tomorrow it might look a little different, but that's okay because our bodies are always changing. Our, our heads are always changing. Um, so I think if I just had a little bit more, you know, self-confidence, um, I think I would, especially when I was younger and struggled a lot with that. Um, it would have, it would have changed, but also at the same time, I feel like I am strong. Like I am who I am today because of stuff I've gone through in the past. So, um, I think we're always just evolving. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Mary. I appreciate it. And I know our listeners will as well. And, um, it's not silly. I don't think to, to validate what you said. I don't, I don't think it's silly to, you know, wake up out of bed and put your feet on the floor and say, you know what, I'm going to be awesome today. And, you know, it's not cocky. It's really just putting yourself in a mental frame of, you know, today's the day where I'm just going to be awesome. And, 
you know, everything I do, I'm going to do my personal best at it, whether I fail or not. You know, failure is always, I always think failure is actually a good thing. You learn from it, and not only that, you get stronger from it. So I appreciate that you said that, you know, not only was it something you're working, you worked on when you were younger or trying to, you know, learn when you were younger, but you're also doing now that shows, like you said, that you're evolving and that you're growing. For sure. Thank you. Of course. So now our final question is, uh, what does being a strong runner chick mean to you? Um, I think that we're all strong in our own capacity, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's literally strong or metaphorically strong. Um, I think that being able to have humility is probably the most important thing anyone could have. And being able to take, I mentioned earlier, like take criticism and also, um, you know, admit when you're wrong and also be confident in your own decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, partnering yourself up with other strong women and other people, again, like what you said earlier, like having people in your corner, like being able to form a team and like woman up. Um, like I, I went through a hard time many, many years ago um, and I was seeing a therapist and he was like, yeah, you really just need to go home and, and like woman up, like get, mm. get your friends together, wow. go woman up and like, yeah. not in a condescending way at all, at all, but it was like, he was totally right. And I think having the humility to, to rely on other women and rely on other, even your spouse, it doesn't have to be women. Um, and, and just, you know, be confident in who you are so that you can support and really help other people. Um, and, and genuinely like, yeah. I, the worst thing I hate is, is not, um, not, not genuineness. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my probably core values. I think, I think that's great. And I, I think, yeah, I think that's totally great. And I love, love the saying woman up, um, because it's, it really hits home. Sometimes it's that hard, you know, you know, thing that you don't want to hear sometimes, but you got to hear it just to say, you know what, I got a woman up today. And it's a pretty powerful statement that your therapist had made to you. I, yeah, I, he was awesome. I think about that all the time. <laughs> and I did. And, and I remember I went back the next time and I was like, well, this is what I did this weekend. He was like, wow, you really did woman up. <laughs> well done, Mary. Well done. <laughs> Um, thank you. So, so, um, if someone is listening and they'd like to reach out to you either for a question or possibly coaching or, you know, just to learn more about, you know, what you can offer them, um, how can listeners connect with you? I'm pretty available. Um, <laughs> I would say probably, um, either honestly, not these days, Instagram is like the hot thing. So yeah. Instagram message is real easy. Um, Instagram messaging, also email. My email is mary at liftrumperform.com. Um, also, it's a marathon at gmail.com. There's lots of ways to get a hold of me. But if you forget all those, Instagram messaging is just fine. And what's your handle on Instagram? Uh, it's, it's a marathon. Okay. Um, great. I will put that in the show notes, listeners, for anybody who'd like to reach out to Mary. Um, so Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're recording this right before Labor Day weekend. So we're sending Mary off on a good weekend, hopefully to enjoy herself as much as possible. Um, so Mary, thank you so much for joining us tonight. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. All right, Strong Runner Chicks, have a great evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this, and we hope you tune in soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Strong Runner Chicks Radio. Do us a favor and leave a review in iTunes to help spread awareness and foster the SRC community. Additionally, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Strong Run Chicks.